Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Bandit Show. Um, we're here for when things get interesting on the QB list. But uh, I suppose let's talk about what the big news of the week was. Obviously, the Patriots have signed Cam Newton. My thoughts being it'll it'll add two wins onto the season. I think I think he'll win them a couple of extra games, but I don't think he's his play style isn't designed for New England. So they they got overtake the Jets now then in your rankings or, or, or <laughs> yeah they'll, they'll probably move up <laughs> move up from last I think. Do I still get half a win if he wins comeback player of the year? <laughs> we still have to pick that up if, if he wins it. Yeah, if, yeah, if they go, if they go the wrong team. win the Super Bowl with him, then yeah. Nah, I didn't say win the Super Bowl, Bowl get half a point. And win comeback player of the year. But, nah. So the stipulation is they have to win, we have to, we have to win it all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> not confident anymore, lads. But I don't know. I suppose I like it in the sense of they've got two options rather than just Jared Stitton. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for Cam because it is outrageous that it, it took him so long to get on a team and what Carolina did holding on to him throughout like the early parts of free agency and then cutting him after it all was was pretty harsh. Like considering what he's done for the for the team, I don't know. Only time will tell. Um, yeah. he's had like, basically a year out because he never did. He played a couple of games. I know he played the Rams in the open, but I don't remember him playing more than sort of like. No, I think he got injured in. very early. Yeah, so he's had basically a full year off, and then obviously, but like we say, it all just depends if he can integrate into the system and how they change. Because he's not even close to what Tom Brady is. No. So they'll have to change things up. Belichick's always said though that he wanted he wants a mobile quarterback. So like he's like he's got one now. He's got one of the best ones ever. He's just he's a bit different though. He's not like a mobile quarterback in the sense that he's gonna like run around juke people. He's like more of like a power runner, isn't he? So yeah, he is but, like a different mobile. He is mobile, but not like not like your Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, who's like escaping people all the time and then moving around the pocket. He's like he just sort of holds onto the ball sometimes and just puts his shoulder in. I think this. I, I think it's more of like an aspect of they're getting Cam so they can trade Cam off at the end of the season. Uh, he'll yeah. play the full year. Yeah. But they'll trade him off for a couple extra draft picks and then. Is he signed a one-year deal? Yeah, one year, yeah. mostly incentive. Yeah, so he'll probably sign a deal. It, well, it's one of them for the Patriots. It's like you're saying, either he's either good and they decide to re-sign him, or. He's all right, and someone takes a punt on him uh, and offers him a deal, and they get that third round, or maybe someone trades through, you know. Yeah. And Jared's still. But uh, I think it's because they're going to go into next year's draft. They're going to offer, say, second place or third place in the draft 10, seven to eight picks for the second overall pick. And Do you they'll think just... they'll attack QB that hard? They'll. I think they'll get Justin Fields. I don't think I think Trevor Lawrence is going number one overall, no matter what. So, I mean, obviously, there's a lot, there's a lot of football to be played or not to yeah. be played, depending on what happens with college football between now and then. Um, but yeah, I mean, they obviously need a quarterback. I'd, I'd be very surprised if Jared Stidham's the, the future in New England. That's obviously the big news, and let's get on to what everyone's watching for, which will well, that's be tuning in. The list. Give the people what they want. Yeah. We've got obviously up on the screen what's already been revealed, 40 to 21. But uh, to start on Luke's side. Yeah, I get to kick things off this week. We've got 20 to 16, so 
I've got, I've just looked across at Chris's to see that I've got Teddy Bridgewater nine spots higher. So clearly I'm a lot higher on Teddy Bridgewater. But yeah, um, I quite like Teddy Bridgewater. I said it last week a couple of times. I do think he'd probably still be the starter in, uh, in Minnesota if he hadn't had that horrific injury. And he's a bit of a sort of check down Charlie and he's a bit of a protect the ball, move the ball. He's not, he's not a gunslinger. He's not going to sort of wow you with his throws. But he does the job and potentially in um, in Carolina with McCaffrey and I feel like they've got a couple of good receivers, uh, DJ Moore and, and Blanking on the other guy. It's Curtis Samuel, he's a bit of a sort of scat back type guy. Um, and then obviously McCaffrey's like a wide receiver slash running back. If he can put up 2,000 yards next year and Bridgewater can protect the ball, he could be a decent team. I know yeah. some people have sort of got them going like 2 and 14, but I don't really see it. I think they've got too many good players. I, th- I think they're better than people let on. I think they'll have a. I think, I don't get me wrong, I don't think they're going to go to the playoffs because I think they've got a really tough division. I think the NFC South is one of the tougher ones in the NFL at the minute. Um, not that I'm sold on the whole Brady thing, but he is going to make the Bucks better, I think, to a certain extent. Uh, obviously, the Saints are still going to be there, and I think the Falcons have got a good team. Like that, they've got a lot of good players. So I just feel like it's only only time will tell when they sort of pick it back up again. Uh, and then at 19, I've got Kyler Murray. I was impressed with him last year. Not as a Rams fan, I'm pretty annoyed he's an Arizona Cardinal. I think he should have kept Josh Rosen. But um, yeah, no, he looked really good last year. Number one uh, overall pick, and he just. He sort of like, he just looked like an NFL quarterback from the start. He didn't look out of place. And I think next year we could be looking at a QB. He could potentially be a top five quarterback. I, I do really rate him highly. He's, he's like your Lamar Jackson, your Russell Wilson. He is like an unbelievable quarterback or he's, he's on that sort of path. I don't think there's much more you can say. I, I mean, people may say I've got him a bit low, but... Having only seen one year of him, it's it's hard to sort of judge. But I do think he'll be definitely, if we did this next year, he'd be definitely locked the top 10. Yeah, I, I like Kyler Murray. I feel like he's definitely got more potential than people sort of see. But how many people actually watched Arizona play a lot last year? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the addition with DeAndre Hopkins will massively improve that offense. We've um, got a number one receiver, Larry's... Yeah. Larry's not like that number one receiver. He's he's a great option to have, but he's getting on in age, and having him and Larry um, is only going to make him better. Yeah, the problem was just fixing that all line, and then yeah, the starting. Yeah. But he's he's your type of Russell Wilson uh, QB who can just yeah. escape and move around in the pocket, and he has got a big arm as well. Um, and it's it's strange, isn't it, that. The sort of last two great quarterbacks all look like they're going to be great quarterbacks that come out of the um, of the draft. They both seem to come from this baseball background, Mahomes yeah. and obviously Murray. And even going as far back as Russell Wilson, there was talk of him at the time going into the baseball. So maybe that's the type of guys you need. Uh, and then at 18, I've got uh, Baker. He had a, a down year last year. I don't think he was great, but I think that was partly due to the... Um, the expectations on the jet on the Browns. I think he the they had high expectations with obviously Odell and Jarvis. 
Miles Garrett. They had a lot of big players, and like we spoke about it in previous episodes, about they didn't quite reach that. And I think that showed. I think there was a lot of pressure on Baker. Obviously, it didn't work with Freddie Kitchens. But I'm not. I'm not out on Baker. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. And I do think I don't. I do think he'll always level out around this number. But this is like we said in previous weeks. This is an important year for him, and he needs to step up and sort of put the O on his back a little bit and be the sort of leader of that team. He is a little bit immature, and he still has that sort of chip on his shoulder, and he still is a bit too active on Twitter, and he sort of gets involved with people that. In my opinion, I wouldn't like it if I was a fan. Like, I'd rather me quarterback just go about his business, watch film, play football, and do what he's doing. But that's not that's not what Baker's like. Yeah, he, he does have a maturity issue, I think. Yeah. But obviously, that was his first two seasons. He's lasted longer than Johnny Manziel did. So. Yeah. Well, he's a better footballer than Johnny Manziel. It could have gone worse. I think I like him if he has everything around him. He can probably put on the same performance as um, Case Keenum did in Minnesota, but he does need everything to sort of be perfect to to get there. They do look like they're going to have a very good O next year as well. Yeah. Obviously, they took uh, Worths, they signed an O lineman who I can't think who it was now. It's off my head. Obviously, they've got Chauvin Hunt in the backfield. Obviously, Odell. I'm not a massive Austin Hooper fan, but he's a deep, he's a good sort of top tier tight end so there is a chance um, it's funny isn't it that the sort of Mayfield Dan Old Allen are all bunched together in mind just even though they came from the same draft they're all sort of on that same path obviously Lamar's yeah. um, not in this group uh, or might be at 15 but um, they're all sort of on that same uh, level and they're all moved in the right direction the next obviously I've got Sam Darnold who I am a big fan of I think he will become a top quarterback in the league. I don't think we're ever going to see a non-athletic quarterback as a top five quarterback anymore. I think your Kylers, your Russell Wilson, your Lamar Jackson, even Aaron Rodgers to a certain extent is a little bit athletic. And I'm not saying that Sam Darnold's not athletic, but I don't think that that sort of pocket presence, straight in the pocket, throw the ball, I just don't think they'll ever be top five quarterbacks anymore. I just don't think there's a, a place for them in the NFL. He's obviously going to play in the NFL for a long time, but they'll never be perceived as the, the best quarterbacks around like they were sort of 10, 15 years ago. But again, I do think Daniel can, or I hope that he moves in the right direction this year uh, with the Jets. They're not a great uh, team at the minute. I mean, these receivers, they obviously decide, they, they drafted Denzel Mims, but... They've not got great receivers. They've not got a great all. Le'Veon Bell's then sort of got going in New York. So he's not got a lot around him. But last year, he showed that he uh, he can put the team on his back and win games for them. And I think he will do that next year. But he needs he needs some help around him if he really wants to progress and sort of win that division. Uh, I'd really like to see Darnold get some help. As much as he's a Jets player or not, Maybe I want him to get some help somewhere outside of the AFC East. But um, he's very close to... If he had as good a system as Josh Allen has in Buffalo, we would probably be talking about him as the top QB in the AFC East at the minute. But he's yeah. not had the help. And I think he's he's shown flashes, but he can't sort of become that star in the system he's in at the minute. I think he just needs the right coach. I don't think... 
I don't think Gaze is the right man for the Jets. I think another year, and I think he's probably gone. And then it's it just depends if they drop on and get the sort of next good coach, or if they stumble through. I hope they don't stumble through his career and not ever find a good coach and a good team to put around him because I think he is a good quarterback. And that is or does seem like the toughest thing to find in the NFL. Yeah, I think, uh, then, I think well, Arnold is like you sort of saw, you sort of saw like potentially how good he can be because of how bad the Jets were last year when he didn't play. Yeah, yeah. And then when he did play, like they finished the season quite strong, didn't they? They were they were like started the year with like one win and I'm sure that they ended the year like with like five or six wins on the bounce or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, so that just sort of showed like um what he actually means to that team really. No, he is a good player, uh, definitely. Uh, and then sixteen I've got Josh Allen who I've always been a big fan of Josh Allen. I do like quarterback with a big arm uh, and he's definitely got that. He's still got a lot of things he needs to tidy up for raw ability. He is a sort of, he has got the potential to be your sort of top 10, top 5 quarterback. I do believe that. Just depends. Obviously, McDermott's there, obviously, the coach. They're obviously getting like, they signed Diggs this year, they're getting uh, weapons around him. Uh, if he can sort of start to slowly tidy up things, that mistakes that he makes, then I do think, again, he's on the right path. I do fancy the Bills this year to. To sort of take the East, I think it is final of the year. I, I don't know, I think the Patriots will be up there. I think it'll be a tough division this year. Uh, but I think they'll take take the East and go into the playoffs again and they'll have another shot in the playoffs. The comparison I'd make for Josh Allen, and not in sort of the same sense, because I don't, I think, I was going to say, I'm going to say Russell Wilson, but I think Russell Wilson's always going to be better. Yeah. Um, but in the sense of when Russell Wilson went to Seattle, they had obviously the Legion of Boom and it was a strong defence were and Russell Wilson could sort of hone his craft and sort of develop really well for a couple of seasons whilst and whilst everything, a else, bit. whilst everything else plays the parts for him and then yeah. in a few years they might be they'll be able to sort of shift off pieces and get sort of less expensive pieces and he'll probably be able to win games on his own. Yeah. Which he has done. Yeah. He has. Yeah, he was he was a little bit underrated, really, um, earlier earlier in his career. Like everyone obviously saw that raw, raw ability, but because Seattle was that sort of team, it never lended itself to Russell Wilson being this electrifying QB because they were playing in sort of such like hard fought games, um, and it was all about the D. Um, it took a little bit of the shine off him, but yeah, no, I, I do I do take the comparison. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's, that's 20 to 16 on that side, let's see where Chris has gone on his side. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got a couple of similar ones. There. We've got, like, Donald and Mayfield in, like, a very, like, similar, like, sort of uh, ranking. So, I'll not really speak about them too much when I come to it. But 20, I've got Kirk Cousins. He's a difficult one, Kirk Cousins, because he shows flashes of brilliance, but then he also goes missing for a couple of games. Like, last year, he had... Um, he had a game where he didn't, I don't think he targeted like Stefan Diggs like all game and then the next game he comes back, targets him for like 10 targets and he gets about 150 yards and two touchdowns. So like you don't really know what he's going to do. Um, I think he's been fortunate in Minnesota that he's had really good, um, he's had really good receivers around him um, and like he's had Dalvin Cook this past year sort of that he could, they, they really heavily relied on the run game at the start of the year and I, I think that was a, 
showed you a little bit that potentially Zimmer didn't trust Cousins enough uh, to throw the ball 30, 40 times a game. They were leaning heavily on the run, but that might just be because Dalvin Cook is a very good running back and that's the system that works for them. I don't think he's worth the contract he got, but that was just sort of the timing sort of thing. It was a perfect time for him. But I think I think that's why 20 is like sort of like a perfect sort of spot for him because he's not he's not a flat he's not like a dead flashy QB, but at the same time he doesn't make that many mistakes. So he's just for me he's just he's a he's a good level starting quarterback. He's not he's not that top tier quarterback though for me. I think the only reason they sort of they might have kept hold of him and give him the number that they did was that if you think that the Burrs in the eggs in the same division were looking in the quarterback market, I think Kirk Cousins could have done a lot in Chicago and they might have wanted to sort of keep him there knowing what he can do and then in two years they might look for a younger, fresher face. Yeah, I don't think he's the answer like for Minnesota like long, long term. I think he might like say he might be there a couple more years and then they potentially move on from him. I don't see him being there for like the next seven to ten years. I think they will eventually move on from him over the next few years. Yeah, solid QB though. He's yeah, yeah. Work. And then nineteen, uh, Big Ben. To be honest with you, he would probably be a lot higher up on my list if he if he played more like last year. Like he, I think he only played like uh, one or two games last year. I had, and I had a feeling that like he always seems to get injured. So I had a little look as to how many times he played all sixteen games. And in the last 10 years, he's only played all 16 games, three years. So from 2010 uh, up until uh, up until now, he's only played all 16 games three times. Like He's missed either a game or two or three. And obviously last year he missed the majority of the season. And I just, I just wonder with him whether it's getting to that point where his body just can't really take it anymore, especially the type of, type of style he plays where he'll stand in the pocket and just get and get hit and then take a hit and shrug it off. I just feel it's potentially caught up to him a little bit. And it'll be interesting to see what happens this year, uh, whether he does uh, play a full year or not. Because I thought if they'd have had their first-round pick this year, they'd have probably been in the quarterback market. But obviously they used that on Fitzpatrick, which, which turned out brilliantly for him. Um, but I think you could see... Uh, the Steelers looking at the quarterback market either like in this upcoming draft or the next. But he's 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 been phenomenal for years and he's he's worked with what he had around him and he's been he's had the Steelers in contention pretty much every year since he's been there. Uh, I just feel it's potentially just coming to a bit of an end with him. Like that whole quarterback class it looks like it's coming to an end. Like Eli's obviously already gone. Rivers has left the Chargers and it looks like Ben could have maybe like one or two years left in him. And that potentially could be it. Yeah, I'm I'm probably about in the same position as you are on Roethlisberger now. I think if you'd have done this, yeah, two years ago, then I'd have had him well higher. But he's dropped off a bit. I think last year was sort of the sign that he is getting old and the fact that he just threw a football and he, he blew his arm out. That's what I mean. Like I've seen like some videos of him throwing it like this like over the past like month or so. And it does look good, but obviously that's just that's an off season, like war big off season, war big off season, yeah. <laughs> like you don't know, like obviously once it comes to actual game time, like it's like it's different, isn't it? 
18. I've got Derek Carr. Obviously, Luke spoke about him uh, last week. Luke's a little bit lower on him than I am. I potentially have got him a little bit too high. But when I just looked at the quarterbacks who I've got in front of him, I just thought, couldn't put him any higher. And I looked at the ones behind him. I thought, I potentially trust Derek Carr a little bit more to run like an offence for me and be the quarterback for my team for either that game or that season. Like He's a bit like Cousins, really. He's not like He's not dead flashy. He's a little bit conservative at times. I'd like to see him do that a little. I'd like to see him push it down the field a little bit more. I think Gruden, like like we said last week, he's not really married to him. And I think the whole um, Mariota move is to sort of put a bit of a rod up his ass, give him give him that kick that he needs. But again, like we said with Cousins, we don't really see Cousins potentially being the long term answer for the Vikings. I don't see Carr as potentially the long term Viking uh, long term answer for the Raiders either. I think he could be gone in the next uh, year or so. I think, like the past two years, the Raiders have had a chance probably to take a quarterback and haven't. So that potentially tells you something that Gruden believes in a little bit, but I don't think he's completely married to him. And then 17 and 16, we've spoke about Mayfield and Darnold already. Very similar views to Luke. I think both of them potentially uh, could become like top-tier quarterbacks. Like Mayfield's got everything around him to succeed. It's just whether he can put it all in place and click. And like Donald, he's looked like he sort of is that franchise now. And when he doesn't play for him, they look, they look woeful. When he does play for him, they do look like a, a team that can score some teams. So it's whether they can get the pieces around, around Donald. I think if Donald had the pieces around him that Mayfield had, Donald would potentially be a top 10 quarterback. He's just obviously not got those weapons around him. So you'd like to see the Jets sort of invest a little bit more around those skill positions for him. I think I agree. Um, that seems like the right sort of level for the 16 to 20. But no, I wouldn't really change too much. Obviously, we're creeping close to the top and that's probably where it's going to get more argumentative on who's in what place. I thought you'd have had Sam Darnold like number three, Ben, you know, because the number Jets three. are like, <laughs> in that division. Jets are going 15 and one. He's also got the Browns going to the AFC Championship, so I thought he'd have had Mayfield one, Darnold two. <laughs> two or three. Two or three. Yeah, two and number three. Two are just because he's a rookie, maybe, maybe a year later. Yeah, yeah that's what I've not, I've not seen him play in the NFL, so I popped him at number three. But Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Luke? So, 15, I've got uh, Dak Prescott, leader of Den Boys. I, I like Dak. I think he's a, he's a good player. I'm I'm a, I'm a lot higher on him than I think Ben is. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's a question that Dak is the starter and will be the starter for the next however many years. Yeah, Ben's, got Andy Dalton. Ben's got Andy Dalton as his number four, just behind Tua. Yeah, I think he was now. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I like Dak. I think he's a good player. I think he does get a bit of flat, really. He makes stupid mistakes, but sort of a lot of QBs and... There's games where he goes missing, but again, so do a lot of QBs. Uh, I think when it's all said and done, I think the Cowboys will pay him. Uh, I think they'd be daft not to, really. I don't think players of Dak's ability don't come around often, especially not in the foreground where they selected him. His ability to run, and like Chris has mentioned it a few times, inside the five, ten-yard line, like, if you've locked up their receivers and he's had a little bit of time... He's looking at that line and he's going to go for it. I, I can't remember the number of touchdowns he scored uh, in the NFL rushing, but I'm pretty sure it's 25 plus. I may be wrong, so don't quote me on that. But it is a lot. 
Yeah, I do like that. I think he's a good player and he's got some serious weapons around him going into next year. I think it'd be nice to see, well, not from Chris's point of view, but it'd be nice to see uh, Zeke turn up a little bit next year. He's sort of had a couple of down years. don't think he's a top running back. But if he gets going next year uh, with the receivers he's got, and obviously that line's still pretty dominant. I'd, well, like I've said in the past, I think they're going to be uh, a serious uh, contender in the NFC. This is a very dangerous thing to say, and it could come back to bite me on the arse. But I think Zeke is going to absolutely fall off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. I just got like the end of Zeke. Maybe not the end of him, but I don't. I think his. I think his best years are already behind him. I don't think he'll have. Because he only had like one and a half. I know. I just. I just think like he was so good that rookie year, though. I know, but the thing is, though, it's always been like his line. I mean, he is explosive and stuff, but I think he gets a lot more credit than he should do. I think I don't think he's a top five running back. That way, like, we're doing 2040, we're doing top 40 QBs, not top 10 running backs. That's really just saying, just saying, just what I put it on. People tasters, I know, yeah. So, yeah, uh, next up, I've got cousins, obviously, a little bit higher than Chris. I like Kirk cousins, I think he's a he's a good QB again at times, he makes staff mistakes, and he's he's not going to sort of always put your team on the back, but at the end of the day, he has one in big games. Saints in the uh, in the Superdome last year, uh, and he made some pretty good plays. I do think he gets a little bit of un- unfair criticism. It's just I th- probably just because in these big games where he's expected to show up, he's put, he's not quite showed up. But I do think he's a good QB, and he has got some good players around him. Obviously, they've lost Diggs, but it always was going to happen with Thielen and Diggs. You can never pay two top receivers. Uh, and obviously, they've gone with Thielen. Uh, and maybe it might help them because I felt like every other week, Diggs was moaning about his targets and his receptions and all the rest of it. And it just becomes a bit of annoyance for the teams. But no, I, I do I do like him. I think they've got a solid team. And I do definitely think, put enough pieces around Kirk Cousins, I do think he can win you a Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong, he's not going to win it on his own, but the right sort of team around him, I think they can do it. Uh, next up, I've got Jared Goff, obviously Rams fan. I think this is a fair position for him. I've always said he was around this in between 10, uh, sort of 10 and 15 mark. I think it's pretty fair. Uh, he does get a lot of flack, but then I feel like sometimes he gets a lot of love from people. You either sort of love him or hate him, I think. I don't think there's a sort of middle ground with him. I do there like is, definitely a middle ground with him. Oh, hey, lad, okay. <laughs> I don't love him, don't hate him. And he's, I like you said, like, I think he gets a lot of flack. And I think one of the reasons for the reason he gets a lot of flack is because people say, oh, he's only good because of his, uh, or, well, because of his head coach, McVay. I don't think that's fair. I think he's, I think you could put yeah. a lot, I think you could put other quarterbacks in that and they wouldn't do as well as Goff has done. People who question Jared Goff, and people who disagree with my decision to have him there and think he should be lower, go and watch the highlights of the Rams versus the Chiefs, uh, 54-51, and the Rams-Vikings Thursday night football. And trust me, Jared Goff is, has the potential to be a top, top quarterback, and he shows it on a lot of occasions. He have, doesn't you been show it enough. have you been reading my notes? Have you been reading my notes? He doesn't show it enough, though, and that's his problem. 
And again, we've talked about it in the past with different quarterbacks. We've talked about it with Nick. Unfortunately, players are compared to the players they're drafted with. For Mitch, it's really unfair, and Mitch will always have that hanging over him. And it's the same with Goff, because I do think Wentz was and is and always will be the better quarterback. He's more, he's got more physical attributes. I think he's got a better arm. I think just overall, I think Wentz is a better quarterback. Wentz has the question marks with his injuries, but unfortunately for Goff, he was taken one spot ahead of him, and that always seems to be there and talked about. And also Dak as well being a fourth rounder in that draft. They're always compared between the three of them. But no, like I said, I do like Goff. I think he's a good player, and I mean the Rams were having. Okay, type of game against the Patriots and the Rams. Jared Goff's a Super Bowl winner. Like they didn't even have to play great that game. They just had to play okay. They would probably beat the Patriots that day. I do definitely think the Rams can win with it. Like you said, like Chris mentioned, the whole Sean McVay thing. A lot of OCs give quarterbacks bread and butter throws where they just Shanahan does it all the time because they're good OCs and they have the ability to get people wide open across over the field. Uh, I do think that is a little bit unfair on Goff. Well, we'll put it, to put it like a bit simpler is that Goff was what one dropped catch away from a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, that's it. And there wouldn't there'd be a lot less hate now if it was Jared Goff Super Bowl winner. Yeah, but because it's Jared Goff played shit in the Super Bowl, even though he did make some good throws, but because he did, and as well, people forget about the Saints game as well. He's gone into the Super Bowl. We were at the Super Bowl. We were down big, and he made some clutch plays in that game. But again, the pass interference takes all everything away from that game. That's all that's remembered. Uh, then at uh, twelve, I've got Big Ben. Obviously, I'm a little bit higher on Big Ben than you two. Uh, I still think he's he's got a chance. I do think injuries are a problem, and I do obviously I do think he will. There is more potential for him to get injured. He's not a sort of gym guy. He's not going to be in the gym eating right. His body's not in great shape to be an NFL quarterback. Not like someone like Cam Newton. And I do think that's always been a bit of a hindrance. But at the same time, it's worked for him over the last few years, um, over the last sort of 10 years. And I do think Bill Belichick and the uh, New England Patriots are not around. Uh, Big Ben's probably got maybe one, maybe two other rings, because the amount of times he seemed to meet in the AFC uh, Championship with the Patriots. Like I said, I do think this year is a pivotal year. The Steelers are obviously going to start looking at replacing him. He's getting on in age. He's been in the league, I think, seven, this will be his 17th or 18th year, so it is a long time to be playing. But I still think there is a chance for him this year. I think they've got a good team. Defence is unbelievable, and they've got some good young players on all that, I think. Uh, can help him out. And then number 11, I've got Rivers. Um, I like the move that he made this uh, this off-season. It sort of got to the, it got to that point in, uh, in, I nearly said San Diego again, I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, in LA, where it just, it just didn't seem right. I think they obviously had a great run, never quite made it to the Super Bowl. But I think for the Chargers, for Rivers, it was the right thing to do to sort of break it off. Let him have another few shots at uh, at the Super Bowl with uh, the Colts. And I think they've got a good team. Don't get me wrong, I don't think they're one of the best teams in the AFC, but if Rivers has another sort of good year, good MVP caliber year, which he did have a couple of years ago, that people have soon forgotten, then I think the uh, Colts can be a decent side next year. Yeah, I, I, I like I like the move. 
Um, he's going behind a great old line. He's not going to get hit. He's not going to be hurried. I think they're going to miss Eric Ebron at tight end, though. But, yeah, it's if T.Y. Hilton could stay healthy, then it could be a good offense for them. Yeah, and they got Pittman and Jonathan Taylor, two good rookies that a lot of people are uh, excited to see as well, which can only help him. And there we go. We're going to go to Chris's side. Talk us through. Yeah, so I've got Murray at 15. Got him a little bit higher than Lucas. Um Maybe it's more, maybe it's a little bit more of a projection, but I think if you just look at last year, I think he probably outperformed the quarterbacks that are below him. So I think potentially rightfully deserved place in there. I mean, he's the perfect, potentially the perfect blend of quarterback that you want in today's sort of game. He can throw the ball, he can run with the ball, he's, he's smart, he's a good decision maker. And like we said with Hopkins, um, he's only potentially going to get better. That team's going to get better. He, and like he makes you defend the whole field. So... He's one that potentially next year you'd be looking at potentially a top ten quarterback, and like Luke said, with the, the like the baseball sort of background, it does seem that like the past like th- three uh, like highly touted quarterbacks have been uh, have that baseball sort of background, so that potentially is something to look at for the future. Um, Fourteen Rivers, a little bit lower down than Luke, but agree with everything that you sort of said, and that you said Ben about him having like. Like a really good offensive line now. I still think he's got a little bit left in the tank. I don't think uh, we've seen the last uh, the last good years out of Rivers. I think he potentially has got another one or two in him, and he's potentially got a, a decent shot at, at like playoffs and a, and a Super Bowl with um, with with the Colts. I think with that line there, I think that's what he's, he's got the best offensive line he's ever had. Uh, he just potentially needs another uh, another receiver around him, and that could be that could be a dangerous offense with Rivers. The number thirteen, probably the big one on this part of the list, Tom Brady. People probably say he's a little bit too low down, and people probably say he's still a top ten quarterback. For me, um, for me, he's not anymore. I think last year showed uh, like the start of the decline of of Brady. Like he's still one of the smartest quarterbacks in the game, but what his brain's telling him, what his arm can do, I think, are two different things now. And he has become a little bit of a check down quarterback. He's not willing to push that ball down the field as much as he once would, and potentially that's because of his arm isn't. He knows that his arm can't do it. Uh, there's a reason why the Patriots let him walk, but they they obviously felt it was time. And I don't think you let a top ten quarterback walk out your organisation they say oh it's because he potentially wanted too much money but for all those other years he was getting a similar type of deal and I think they didn't they obviously didn't value him as to that and if he's a top 10 quarterback you value your top 10 quarterback to, to pay a top 10 quarterback and obviously Bill Belichick didn't and obviously he's one of the smartest minds in the game for me he's not He's not that top ten quarterback anymore and I'm, presu- I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you two will have a different opinion than that but <laughs> But for me, I've spoken about it the past couple of weeks, and like he's not the he's not the answer in Tampa for me. My opinion is that he's still that top ten quarterback. I think last year is sort of a sign that yes, he's aging and he's gonna. I mean, who knows? He could fall off a cliff next year, and Chris, you could be completely right. But um, I think he's still one of the most efficient people, and that is what the system in New England was designed to do. He wasn't always designed to chuck it 30, 40 yards down the field for a touchdown. 
you know, it's, it's designed for 11 play drives, 12 play drives, and then we'll cap it off with a touchdown. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying that that's what the system was about. I just think when it came to the point where he did need to do that sometimes, he couldn't do it like the game against the Titans. Like, he, he, just, could, he just couldn't do it. And I think it's, it, it's catching up with him. And, like, I don't know how it's going to work this year because Bruce Arians uh, historically hasn't been that sort of methodical sort of drive his offences have been big plays and that's what sort of James yeah. was perfect for last year. So I don't really know how he's gonna to have to change his whole offence uh, for Brady. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's gonna work out personally. I, don't I think something with, with Brady that's that's possibly very not underrated but maybe forgot about is just like his clutch factor. All right, we talk about the, the Tennessee Titan game, yeah he threw a pick six and lost the game but the amount of times in a two-minute drill, he just drives him down the field. And I don't think that sort of experience you ever lose. And I think that's something that he'll always be able to do and always be able to manage. I, I think he's such a smart quarterback. He's been in the league for so long and there's some very good overseas. Something that potentially could happen next year is that we might find that the Tampa Bay offense isn't strictly... Bruce Irvin, Baron Leftwich's offense. I feel like Brady will get a lot of say in that offense and will be able to implement things that he likes as well. And you might find that it's a bit of like a mashup of the two, where there's still a bit of Bruce Irvin's like bombing it downfield, but also Brady's ability to sort of clever little trick plays, you know, like the, the sort of screen type stuff they do, the, the check down stuff. But I suppose at the same time, you need those players. I and mean, He always had Edelman, he always had Brom. So we'll just have to see what happens. Obviously, what's going on in the world at the minute may hinder what could be a very good offence. Uh, I think Brady is by far, and will be by far, the greatest pre-snap quarterback there is. The way he can run an offence is amazing. I think, I think last year he did have... That you could have argued, especially last year, and they will develop, but the possibly the worst wide receiver core in the NFL last year. I've I done all the Eagles and give them a good run for the money. I think the Eagles definitely had that worst receiver core. Well, uh, and I think it will probably help that he's moved to a, a greater receiver core. But yeah, I can see he's not going to be bombing it down the field. I think. I think he might drop out of that top 10 for me after next year. We'll see. But I think for now, in my personal opinion, he's, he's still up there. Well, well yeah, you're both wrong. Obviously, it's Chris, Chris it's your list though, so I can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're both wrong, but like, <laughs> that's all right. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. <laughs> Number 12, uh, got Jared Goff. I mean, Luke's sport about him at length. He's probably the best person to talk about him being a Rams fan. But obviously, like he's a little bit biased, um, so I can give you like the honest answers about Jared Goff, and I've, honestly, like I agree with pretty much everything that Luke said. Um, like a couple of things that I had wrote down about him was uh, Jared Goff against the Chiefs, Jared Goff against the Saints in the NFC Championship game. Like Jared Goff at the end of that NFC Championship game, I can't really. Remember, I just remember he sort of rolled right threw it to his right and it was such a good throw and it kept the drive alive and he basically won them the game 
which got them into the Super Bowl. And everyone always remembers like the pass interference, but people don't remember like in like about the quarter before Jared Goff was running. Um, he was running into the end zone basically. Got I think was he he, he pretty much got the yardage, and he was like scragged back by his helmet or something, and it wasn't called. Yeah. Yeah. But, and people just remember it for that pass interference when really. Jared Goff actually played really well in that game, and it was probably the big. It was the at that point it was the biggest game of his career, and he actually showed up at the end of the game, so he answered quite a lot of my questions at that point. And then yeah, like he's he, he is just overshadowed, I think, by the fact that um, Wentz was in the draft and Dak was in the draft, but then also that he's got McVay on like as his coach. But like I said before, I think you could put a lot of other quarterbacks in in there who wouldn't perform as well. As Jared Goff has done, he is smart, and yeah, like McVeigh can serve up all these plays for him on a silver platter. But at the end of the day, he's got to execute it, and he does do that. And he is, he's a, he's a good quarterback for it. And I think this is the sort of level that he sort of goes at and probably stays at. Whether he cracks the top ten in the next few years or not, I don't know. I think you'll probably see other quarterbacks who are a little bit behind him. He'll start to come up like Kyler Murray, like uh, like Drew Lock, like those type of players, like. Uh, potentially two of Ben, you know, I had to get that one in there yeah. for you. Uh, they could like leapfrog him, and this sort of range between ten and fifteen is potentially where he sits, which is no means a bad position to sit for your career as one of the. Yeah, I always think that'll be the cough range. It'll always be that cough range where, where he is now. We're obviously twelve and thirteen. I think he definitely will always be in that bracket because I know. And like, he isn't quite good enough to be a top ten. He doesn't have the sort of the the attributes Kyler Murray has, and I don't think he has the arm that like Josh Allen has. Uh, but he has got a lot of good things. He, he does have a good arm. He is very underrated in the pocket. Like that is something that a lot of people take for granted with Jared Goff. He is very good in the pocket. Well, that's the thing. Like you can win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Like, yeah. you don't need to have a top five quarterback to win a Super Bowl. It helps, but you don't yeah. need it. Like, yeah. Rams are just fine with Jared Goff. Yeah, he's probably getting paid a little bit too much. But that was the quarterback market at the time. And in like three years' time, the money that Jared Goff's on will probably not be very high for a quarterback. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just that quarterback market gets reset every single time. Yeah. Someone That's, That's the way. That, that doesn't bother me at all. And then number 11, like, got Josh Allen. Luke's already spoke about him a bit. But I'm the same as Luke. I really like Josh Allen. I think I really like big arm quarterbacks. And like I said before, I really like quarterbacks that can do stuff with the feet as well. And he's he's got both. I think he's he's a quarterback on the rise. I think in the first year there, he sort of got a bit of flack for like the mistakes he made. And he probably didn't have the best system around him. But I think Buffalo have sort of found what works for him now. And with him getting digs as well, he could get him to that point where he's consistent and he has that consistent number one receiver on the field. Like You don't really want to go in thinking that John Brown's your number one receiver and that's what he had last year. But he's now got a bona fide number one receiver, uh, one of the best right runners in the league. I don't think he is the best right runner that people keep saying. I think he's one of the best. I think a guy who I'll talk about later on is probably the best right runner in the league. But I think, and I think he's a bit of an underrated runner as well. I think last year he showed what he could do, and people sort like don't really think that he's that good of a runner because he doesn't break off and like he's he's not breaking people's ankles. But because he's got such a big arm, he makes you defend that deep ball, which then potentially opens up for him to take off and run. 
Um, and I think he's a quarterback who over the next couple of years could easily break the top 10. And I think Buffalo, if they build around Josh Allen and they keep that defence somewhat intact, um, I think could be players over the next couple of years and you could see them making deep playoff runs as well. Yeah, I'll have to admit, I'm still... I made the comparison earlier to Russell Wilson, but I'm still a sceptic on Josh Allen. I suppose that's more of him being in my division than it is. That's the same with me and Dak, though. That's the same with me and Dak, Ben. Like, I refuse to admit that Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. I mean... He's in your top 10, mate. He might not be in my top 40. (laughs) 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 Wow. Imagine... <laughs> well, I think I finally, I think I finally came to. I had to, I had to put him where I thought was fair. And I, if I was going off my heart, then he wouldn't be a top ten quarterback. But I had to just yeah, sort he's of forty one. Yeah, so he's he's forty one. Yeah. Find out for next week if Dak Prescott's forty one or top ten. Yeah, season with it. So we've got ten left on either side. Looking interesting. I mean, you can probably sort of whittle down to who's in there, but it's the ordering. I think. I think obviously I, I I've seen your order in, but I I think that it'll it'll shake up a few people because there's some Dak people. Or no Dak on Chris's list. Hashtag no, Dak or no Dak. <laughs> let's put let's put it this way: if Cam Newton would have would have already signed for the Patriots when we started this, yeah. Dak Prescott would be a top ten quarterback. So Cam Newton would be. We'd have I'd have been talking about Cam Newton this week. I'd have had Cam Newton at probably number 10. He'd have been, he'd have been discussed, I think, this week for me. Uh, um, we've decided for, that we're all going to give some uh, players that we think are underrated. We, me and Luke got called homers, so we'll, we'll see who Chris has got. <laughs> well, you both are. Um, <laughs> well, my uh, first underrated player is Keenan Allen. No. But by no means does that mean that he doesn't get like the love uh, that he should. But I don't think he gets enough respect. I don't think any. I think when people think of the top receivers, I don't think anyone ever mentions Keenan Allen in the top five. But for me, I think he would potentially sneak into my top five. And like I said before about Stefan Diggs, people say he's probably the best rate runner in the league. For me, it's it's Keenan Allen that you've only got to watch a couple of uh, highlights of him to see how good of a right runner he is. He is an absolute, like, off that line of scrimmage, that first little shimmy shake that he's got, he, like, he can send cornerbacks, um, like, on their arse. He does it to the best cornerbacks as well. Which is exactly. Like, he, he doesn't just do it against these, against these like, third, third string cornerbacks. He's doing it against number one cornerbacks. He's, he's doing it against, doing it against the Eagles. No, not just against the Eagles, no. <laughs> to be fair, he's never really touched us because we don't play him that much. But he's doing it consistently against the best corners in the league. And people know that he's the number one, he was the number one target for Rivers. And in clutch moments, Rivers would go to him and he'd still be able to find himself getting open. And he's got, it's not like he's just got that. He's got good hands as well. Like You don't really see him drop, drop that many balls. Um, he's not got elite speed, but when he needs to turn it on, he can do. Um, and like yards after catch as well, he can he can do that as well. Like there was that there's that uh, quite famous one against the Cowboys, which I love seeing, where he catches that ball. Yeah, and he's basically running around. And the Cowboys are all falling over. I mean, it's always nice for me to watch that one. Um, 
I think one of the reasons why I probably know him a little bit and uh, recognise his game a little bit is because obviously, um, like uh, Jack, a fellow bandit, like he's a Chargers fan and obviously watched quite a few games with him. And he's obviously always pointing out how, how good Keenan Allen is. And I just think it's about time we showed a little bit of love to probably one of the, the best receivers in the game who potentially doesn't get as much love as he should do. So I'm probably the right person to sort of say that to because I suppose if I looked at wide receivers, Keenan Allen wouldn't be one of the names that popped into my head. And you're right, every point that you make, he should be. And I think I'll probably try and pay more attention to Keenan Allen and some of some of his plays next year because I do agree you're with that. Ben, you're going to be comparing Herbert and Tua all year. <laughs> I think one of the reasons why people don't think about him is because he doesn't have that big flashy play like where he gets the ball and runs. That 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 is basically the Dallas one is the only one he's sort of done where he's like that or that amazing spectacular catch. But consistently, he's one of the top like ten in receiving yards each year. But it's just his right running ability for me. It'd be interesting to see what he does this year without that connection with Rivers because it's only he's only ever known Rivers. Like that's the only quarterback he's ever played with. Like Rivers doesn't miss games, so it's not like all oh, quarterbacks been in there for a game or two. So for it'd be interesting to see what he does this year, whether it be with Tyrod or whether it be with Herbert. Tyrod, I'm a big fan of Keenan Allen. Same, same as Chris, obviously. Watch probably more charges than most people because of Jack. But yeah, he is he is one of the, top, the the best receivers in the league, and like you said, very underrated. Okay, yeah. Um, Luke, do you want to give us your first one? Yeah, um, so my my first pick is my homer pick. Um, I find it a little bit difficult to think of players just because they're underrated. So, like, that, that is what makes it hard. Whereas, because I'm a Rams fan, I know who the underrated guys are because I watch them week in, week out. And mine would be Robert Woods. Um, he was signed from Buffalo on a pretty mediocre deal. A lot of people questioned it and sort of scoffed at it and didn't think it was going to be anything. He was just going to be sort of average receiver. He never really did much at Buffalo, but for a long time, Buffalo was such a, a poor team offensively. They just they didn't have a good quarterback. They didn't have a good OC. They just had nothing going for him. But since he got to LA, he's just been phenomenal. He's had over 3,000 yards over, his, uh, over the three years in LA. And even that's that's playing with Sammy Watkins, that's playing with Brandon Cooks, that's playing with Cooper Cup, who were all top receivers. Again, none of them are sort of top five receivers, but they're all good receivers who warrant targets and warrant receptions as well. Uh, and obviously Gurley for a couple of years was like offensive player of the year and MVP candidate type years, running the ball so well. And to still put up three thousand yards is a is a good showing. Um, he just makes so many obviously again because I see it week in week out he makes so many sort of clutch catches big sort of third downs he's not quite third and cut but um, he does make that's a lot of the worst <laughs> it's the best lad third and cut third down Mr Cooper Cup but anyway we're not on about it but no he does he makes a lot of clutch plays for Jared Goff and he is one of Jared Goff's um, favourite targets there's a reason he's stuck around obviously Brandon Cooks has gone obviously Sammy Watkins didn't stay around long uh, he's just been so consistent for us over the, the three years and big parts as to why 
we've had playoff runs and we've had the the Super Bowl run. Um, yeah, and as well, he's on such a small deal when you look at it. Unfortunately, I think he may leave in a in the next couple of years. He's a free agent. I think next summer or next off season, and I do think it'll be the end of Robert Woods with the Rams, just because he'll want to get paid more than what uh, we can probably afford. Because unfortunately, like we've just mentioned, we've got the Jared Goff uh, contract, we've got the Aaron Donald contract. Hopefully, we'll have a Cooper Cup contract. Um, but yeah, he's he's one of the, I think he is. Again, I don't think he's quite what Chris was saying about Keenan Allen, where he's a top five uh, top five wide receiver. But I do think he's sort of similar to Goff, really, in that 10 to 15 range, but he doesn't get that love. It's always like, you always seem to see him like top 25, and I think he is much better than that. Yeah. Um... I'll I'll take over, but and um, obviously Chris said that I I'd stole one of one of his picks for this week, uh, and I'm being a homer myself. I've gone for Devonte Parker, uh, someone who, like you say, he's another receiver who doesn't get sort of the sort of the top ten love. Um, I don't I'm not too sure whether he is a top ten. That'll that might come over time. I do like him, and I think that no one took notice of him until. He started, um, he was arguing with Michael Thomas over Twitter in the recent months. Um, don't think anyone really took notice until last year. But I wanted to, I wanted to point out sort of like his last three seasons because his first, his first two or three seasons he was injured a lot. And that's when Tannehill was about. So obviously he never built any sort of chemistry with Tannehill. 2017 season, Jay Cutler comes in. Um, Devontae Parker's healthy for most of it. And this is where Cutler sort of sees the potential in Parker. And it, he gets 96 targets, which is his second most in his career. And he actually goes for 670 yards, which obviously isn't that much, but he didn't, um, he didn't play the full season. Uh, but 96 targets to 57 receptions. And then the next year, he goes back to Tannehill and he only gets 47 targets and 24 receptions. Obviously, I think that chemistry wasn't built and you can't blame Tannehill for injuries on either side. And then I think Fitzpatrick again um, went back up. It went back up to his most targets, 128 to 72 receptions. It's his first 1,000-yard season, nine touchdowns. I think he really really stepped up um, and I think for when Tua starts he's going to be this this great target you've got to think he's really tall and he can jump over people yeah I mean for me like obviously I I was going to sort of talk about him but one of it was because I had him in my fancy, fancy last year um, and like he sort of just like came out of nowhere I think one of the reasons why he's a little bit underrated is because he was a first round receiver and like you said he hadn't really done it for yeah. for those first like four years, obviously last year is the sort of the first year where he has done it. Now it's whether he can consistently do it, whether he can do it year on year. You get receivers that have like one year uh, a flash, one year and then nothing. Like Nelson Aguilar had it a couple of years ago at the Eagles, where he had a really good year, and then the next year he then goes back to absolute like like nothing. It's as if he doesn't exist. Um, now he's now he's on the Raiders. Um, 
so it's whether he can consistently do. But like you said, he needs to build up that rapport with, like, with a quarterback. And he's like he was. He got paid, and I think there are probably even have hit free agency. That have been he'd have been the number one receiver on the market, like because obviously Cooper got snapped up, didn't get a chance to hit free agency. Um, so if he had done, he'd have been the number one receiver. And I think there have been teams uh, after him. Like I do, I really like him. I think he's potential to be that top ten, top fifteen uh, receiver. I'm I'm a little bit like basically what you just described then. <laughs> I didn't know. I, obviously, I knew who Devontae Parker was and. I just thought he was another first round sort of bust and never really took much notice of him. Um, you sort of perfect underrated player. Again, just through watching Red Zone, watching the NFL last year, obviously he had a great year and that is where I first sort of, he showed up to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Chris said, he's going to, and you both touched on it about the rapport with quarterbacks and he's been unfortunate that he's never really developed that. And hopefully for the Dolphins, him and Tua can, can get it going together and, and uh, forge quite a partnership. Yeah, um, I think he has all the potential in the world to continue. He's, you've got to think his best year was when the Dolphins were at the worst since he's been there. So. Yeah, yeah. But um, With a lot of like strange quarterback play, like yeah. Rosen in, fits in, like he was changing all year and... Like the different quarterback was playing not every other week, but they were mixing it up, and it was a little bit unfortunate for him. And he still had a great year. So, uh, Chris, do you have another one? Yeah, so I decided to be a homer in the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've gone for uh, the tight end, Dallas Godert. Godert? Dallas Godert. So, tight end number two at the Eagles. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's a bit undervalued is because he's in Zach Ertz's shadow. But I think if you put him on another team, he is the number one tight end. There's probably only maybe 10, 10 tight ends in the league who are potentially better than him. Um, so it's probably only like 10 teams that he wouldn't get onto. But I think the Eagles are going to have a hard decision over the next uh, year or two when it comes up to the time of do we extend uh, Goddard and do we let Zach Ertz walk? Because I think potentially Dallas Goddard could be a better all-round tight end than Zach Ertz because he's a much better blocker than him. Yeah. And he's he's not got that rapport with Wentz because obviously Wentz and Ertz have, have had that chemistry since Wentz has been there. And he's been his number one target pretty much every year. But I think if Ertz isn't there, I think Goddard's his number one target every year because he showed last year that he he had some clutch plays at the end of the year and when all the injuries decimated the Eagles' receiving core and they had to rely on the tight ends, like Goddard played in, like, if, if, like I think it was like 80% of the snaps and he had some pretty, like, clutch third down, fourth down, uh, fourth down uh, grabs and... I think his role in the in the like in the team will just grow over this year and over the next year and I think the Eagles will have a hard decision to make and it'll be do you go with your head or do you go with your heart and extend it's just because he's like he's the number one tight end they've ever had. He leads like them in receptions and yards and touchdowns for tight end and they won't want to lose that for the nostalgia value, but 
think the smart decision over the next two years could be to let him go or to trade him while there's still value there and promote Goddard to number one tight end. And I don't think you'd see much of a drop-off in production. You'd, you'd need that that you'd need another tight end to sort of then replace Goddard's like sort of role. But I think Goddard could easily step into Ertz's number one tight end role and you wouldn't see much of a drop-off in production. I think he's a bit underrated in that because he's behind Ertz. Yeah. This, but this is where you two say you don't even know who Dallas Goddard is. But... Well, uh, oh, of course I know who he is. He was <laughs> on a fantasy in his rookie year. Definitely. But, yeah. Another another player who does slide under the radar, uh, Luke. Uh, so mine, I've gone with someone in the Rams division. Possibly, maybe that's because I watch him twice a year, as opposed to other teams never watching them, sort of thing. Uh, he actually came out in the media this year and said he hates being called underrated. So if you're listening, Charlie Jones, I apologise because I prefer underrated. He's definitely listening. 100% Probably. So, I'm sorry, Chandler. Like, I'm going to call him And I'm going to send it to him. Yeah. Good. No, I, he's, he's probably one of the best um, pass rushers in the league. And I just don't think he gets the love for being as good as he is, as dominant as he is. He's had, um, I think, 96 sacks since he um, started in 2012. He's had eight seasons in the NFL. He's averaging 12 sacks a year. It's unbelievable numbers over such a long period of time. He's probably would have won uh, Defensive Player of the Year a couple of times, if it not for people like uh, Aaron Donald or Stefan Gilmore having a great year this year, um, JJ Watt in the past. I just think he always seems to slip under the radar. He's, and it's probably because of the teams he's played on. He's played on a Patriots team where it's never defensive players that see, I know obviously Gilmore did last year, but it always feels like the defensive group gets the love, which is good and it should be, but singular players never seem to get picked out in New England. Um, and he had some good years in New England and he was pivotal to their success and then obviously went down to Arizona. And Arizona have never been good since he's been there. He's been there for four years. And they've not had a good season. And unfortunately, that does happen. That players, even good players on poor teams, just don't seem to get any love. Like, um, and I think that's possibly been a reason why he is underrated and is a little bit overshadowed. Um, I think he's the he's he's going to be one of the leading um, one of the sack leaders in the NFL for the entire thing he's, he's, I don't know if he's going to quite be number one probably never going to get up to that with his age but he's easily going to go over 100 uh, and well into 100 as well and I just think he he just doesn't seem to get out of love and maybe that's because you've got players like Aaron Donald JJ Watt uh, Von Miller who've just picked him to these defensive players of the year awards over the last few years I think as well because he's not really he's not like a flashy sort of guy like you don't hear like too much. You never really hear from him. No. But I think one of the, and that might be because he came from the Patriots, and that's the sort of the Patriot way. Uh, but like one of the big things for me with him is that a lot of players leave the Patriots and go and get a big money deal, and then you don't really hear from him. Yeah, like, fall off. Whereas he's he left the Patriots for big money, 
and since then he's just probably just got better and better. Yeah, I think he is a good uh, good pass rusher in Arizona. And like you said, it's always they always fall off the radar because they're not on a championship team anymore. I think it's more that sense, but um, he definitely does enough damage back there. Definitely annoyance for the Rams, I'll tell you that. My second one um, is Philip Lindsay. I went for obviously running back for the Broncos, and I think as much as it was two seasons ago, he had his his breakout year because obviously. He, he really popped in his first year. Um, but then I think with last year, with the Broncos being sort of so middle ground and weird, no one noticed. But he was still popping off. He still had a, a, another 1,000-yard season. And to think that he went undrafted and the amount of teams that could have picked him up just ignored him. Um, I think Philip Lindsay is the star running back as much as Melvin Gordon's the bigger name. I think Philip Lindsay's the one who's the real running back in Denver. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, I think Lindsay's the number one back there. I think Melvin Gordon's there to take potentially like uh, eight to twelve carries a game. But do you want to be taking eight to twelve carries a game off Philip Lindsay? I probably wouldn't. Um, but I don't think Melvin Gordon's there to be taking twenty-five touches a game. Yeah. I think he's a very minimal role and just be able to just to give Lindsay a bit of a rest because when Lindsay's in it can be a run and it can be a pass because um, he is he is a, he is very good um, out the backfield as well and mentioning that rookie season he was in my fantasy team that rookie season did uh, did a lot for me that year yeah he was in mine both of the last two years uh, I think that's how I noticed him a bit more um, just fantastic sort of every game he plays. Um, I think next year I'd watch for him to actually have an even more explosive year, considering they've done a lot for the wide receivers in Denver over the off-season, which might take a bit more focus away from the run game and he might be able to, you know, really pop off. I think the, I think the Melvin Gordon addition, obviously Melvin Gordon's going to take snaps away from him. That's, that's going to happen, but... I do think it'll help him a little bit. Melvin Gordon coming and take a bit more of the the tougher yards. Melvin Gordon's a big back, and I don't think Philip Lindsay is quite, in my opinion, a, a three-down back. He reminds me a little bit of Austin Eckler. I don't think you can keep him on the field for all three. I, I think he's a very good um, running back. He's he can catch the ball, obviously, but I don't think you'd want him taking. A lot of punishment because he isn't the biggest back in the league, but I do definitely like him. He is, he is a yeah. player. Um, if anyone wants to chuck anyone else into this mix, because it's obviously a wide open bag. Uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, <laughs> think they're underrated. Yeah, I'll tell you, what, I think underrated for a QB is uh, Matt Stafford. Yeah, I, I totally agree. With that. I was going to put. I was going to put him as one of my picks, but I thought, no, I'll leave that till next week. I'll talk well, I kind of thought that. I was thinking Matt Stafford, but then it was like, well, we're talking about quarterbacks anyway, but he, he's definitely underrated for me. Yeah, I think uh, I did this. I sort of wanted to get away from quarterback speech um, whilst we've, we've talked, obviously, yeah. 30 quarterbacks so far, more or less, well, 29. Um, still got 10 to go. Another, uh, another Chargers player would be uh, Casey Hayward. 
I feel like he's top, top corner and he just doesn't get the love that the other sort of top corners do. But yeah, um, if you want to talk underrated quarterbacks, let's talk Chris Crook. Well, that is the thing. <laughs> I mean, people have seen us. We've got back to training in the past couple of weeks. Obviously, Luke, you've not been there. No. You've not been. I mean, this 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 army. It oh, it's coming out. It's coming out. All hot. I can remember from your quarterback uh, stint. Like, like, you telling me to run a goal, then me realizing you didn't have it in you. I mean, to come back and just run like a two two yard little slam, catch it over the To be fair. But that was a designed play. Chris, what's your uh, what's your stats in battle for uh, quarterback? What is it? What? Don't matter, lad. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> is it all for one for a pick six? What even? What is that rating? Uh, it's zero, I think. <laughs> but um, it's not about what you do in Baffer. Um, what about, about you in training? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need to talk about Baffa. To be fair, that's all it's about now because Baffa's not happening this year, so it really yeah. doesn't matter. Also, Ben, you need to that You're in David Mooney's heart so that Mooney plays better. He's got all that. Ben, when you start playing for the Renegades, does this become not just the Bandit show? <laughs> you got to mix it up. you got to change the name. Uh, featuring one Renegade. <laughs> yeah, Bandit. So, and a couple of renegades. That's why I'm now officially QB two of the bandits. Yeah. That's a bit harsh on you, Dan. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> Retired. He's shielded. He'll be back. He'll be uh, back. Uh, yeah, thanks. We'll be back for uh, the top, top ten. ten maybe. Yeah. Almost there. But uh, thanks for joining me. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers. See ya. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the video, please remember to like and subscribe for more content from us and check out all of our social media links down in the description, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Remember to watch all the other content on The Bandit Show and see you next time.